Thanks again for joining us for another SRS podcast. This one is a uh, particularly special one for me. I have the honor and privilege of interviewing my mentor, uh, Dr. Christopher Shaffrey, who has just begun his tenure as the SRS president for the year. Congratulations on that great achievement, Dr. Shaffrey. And I believe you are the first person who is a neurosurgeon to have that position. So another great honor for you. Thank you, Jeff. It is it is a fabulous honor and truly for anyone who has any interest in spinal deformity in any form, the SRS is the uh, premier organization. You know, one of the pleasures that I've seen is how over the last 25 years, the SRS has really embraced a, a, a very broad constituency. So originally it was a North American or predominantly U.S. organization that focused on orthopedic surgeons, either pediatric orthopedic surgeons or uh, orthopedic adult spine surgeons who did some pediatrics. And over the course of the, the years of my involvement has become an international organization with a very broad constituency throughout the world and has opened itself up to all, uh, all surgeons and, and actually all practitioners who have a desire in the treatment of, uh, uh, treatment of adults and pediatric patients who have any of the spectrum of uh, conditions that are, uh, are part of spine deformity. So it's a much broader organization and uh, my position within it, I think reflects the, uh, the desire for broadening uh, the scope and inclusiveness of the SRS. And I think it also reflects just how the field itself has changed also over that time period as well. Like more of a sort of somebody's team component too, having surgeons, non-surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, nurse surgeons all work together. Do you see any other sort of significant changes you think that over the past, you know, 25 years, like you said, that uh, affect our field today? Well, I think that there still is, there's certain, uh, I would say, tribalism, that there are people who feel more comfortable dealing with those that trained in the same country or same region, who had the same training pathway. And breaking down those walls is something that has been very important. And I think that this is reflected in the SRS's a diversity task force. And that task force looks at a variety of different barriers for full engagement for people who are interested in uh, any form of treatment of, uh, of the spectrum of diseases that, that are encompassed in spine deformity. Uh, and I think that uh, the SRS's mission has, is altered. So I think that you know one of my goals throughout my year is to further break down the walls so there are still within certain countries, uh, you know, areas where pediatric uh, deformity surgeons and adult deformity surgeons don't communicate well. There's places where if you're in one country, you do not engage well with people for another country, or if you're trained predominantly in orthopedic surgery versus neurosurgery, these are all barriers and trying to reduce those barriers is something that both the... Uh, leadership within the SRS and that I find personally uh, important missions to do not only uh, not only uh, uh, you know for this year but it's it's this has been a long process and I will 
you know, kind of give a shout out to people like Keith Bridwell, who was the SRS president probably 10 to 15 years ago, who I really think started this pathway of inclusiveness. Um, you know, so Don Chan, who was my fellowship director, who's being honored for a you know lifetime achievement award, is somebody that clearly understood how people work together and how that was to the betterment of our patients. And I think that there have been a lot of people that have, have, have went in advances pathway, you know, and I will tell you that, uh, you know, Larry Lanky has been somebody that has been, you know, really at the at the forefront of uh, of this effort. You know, his his fellowship trains both uh, orthopedic surgeons and neurosurgeons, uh, you know, uh, Steve Glassman and Dave Polly are also uh, people who have been very much at the uh, forefront of engagement uh, across the uh, spectrum of people uh, treating these conditions and have really broken down many of the barriers. So, you know, me being the president may be the sort of a minor culmination of some of this, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah, and I think you're being a bit humble there. You are up there definitely with a lot of those names you mentioned who are leaders in the field. And your, your position is very unique with your dual residencies in, in ortho and neuro to be, I think, the force that leads this charge to uh, really go to the next step. And I think, like you said, all those people working for this is going to be better for patients ultimately, so on. Uh, any other sort of particular missions you think for your presidency that's going to be a, a key focus? I mean, that's enough right there in itself. Well, I think the, the probably the biggest tangible mission is that the SRS, you know, it's always, uh, it's always said that research is the middle name of the Scoliosis Research Society. And up until now, it's been very uh, difficult for many people in the world as we're beginning this outreach program to further engage all spinal deformity surgeons in the world, that we have not made the tools readily available to uh, allow people to investigate their outcomes and to be able to collaborate together to improve the uh, the, the 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 outcomes, uh, you know, throughout the specialty. So there have been individual groups. You know, the Harm Study Group has been kind of a, a leader, particularly for uh, pediatric deformity. For adult deformity, the European Spine Study Group and the uh, International Spine Study Group, the ISSG that I'm a member of, have done a good job and have been have been factors. But uh, you know, each of these organizations, you know, mostly due to logistical issues, have you know had a limited membership. And so I think that the 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 importance of being able to assess. Uh, outcomes to assess complications has been core to the SRS mission for a number of years. So one of the things which has been involved in membership has been completing uh, case logs, including morbidity and mortality. And what's happening is, is to be able to really uh, operationalize that, to be able to utilize that more effectively, you have to be able to benchmark yourself against others. So part of my goal is for us to have, hopefully, an app-based way to be able to go and collect data, patient-reported outcome data, as an initial step. And, and again, this may be 
you know, we've used the term enhanced morbidity and mortality to start off to be able to better assess our complications. And I think as we move into that, as this expands over time, it will be not only assessing complications, but assessing outcomes. So, uh, so one of my goals is to further the work of Paul Sponseller and Maharan Yazizi to try to go and bring this and operationalize that. So Shea Bess is uh, one of the people that's in charge of this app-based mechanism, you know, and we're going to have a proposal at the SRS meeting to try to bring this, uh, bring this forward. And I think that it's one of my goals to put this into place during the course of my, uh, my uh, president year. That's, that's great. So I think tapping into another sort of technology going to the future. So obviously this is going to be an unusual meeting. You're, you're in St. Louis for because of COVID and so on. And I think with a lot of the changes happening, hopefully this app will allow people to be more involved, even if they can't attend the meetings over for the next couple of months, unfortunately. Well, again, you know, it's our hope and, you know, with these different, you know, this diff, these different uh, COVID variants, it's made things very, very challenging as far as in-person meetings. And I think that for small meetings, uh, you know, it's able to be, you're able to be nimble and do certain things. When you have a meeting as big as the Scoliosis Research Society, particularly with the international membership, it becomes very difficult with different country-based and region-based, you know, traveling restrictions. So as my most recent update, which will be, will, will certainly be different by the time this podcast is, is released, that there have been a little over 400 North American registrants to the SRS meeting. Now, I'm old enough to remember the SRS meeting in Cleveland immediately following 9-11, where again, there were enormous difficulties associated with travel related to that meeting. So the SRS is resilient enough that we can get past it. A little of this is trying to do it in a way that we maximize our membership, reduce the risks to our membership, but have the best educational experience. And so much of you know, what happens with our, uh, our, our educational experience is based upon individual interactions, where I talk to you, Jeff, or I talk to other of my colleagues, or I commiserate regarding a particularly difficult case or a, you know, or, or a, uh, you know, stressful, full uh, complication. And some of the things included in this are topics that help to address how we as a community can engage more effectively together. That's great. Um, maybe just changing pace a little bit here. So the thing I was thinking about is all these visions changing. We talked about a bit more of a macro level. Um, from scoliosis care on a more patient individual level? Do you see any other big changes happening in the future from uh, whether more AI type things or more MIS or? I think there's a lot of exciting things that are happening. One of them is, is that, you know, many of the treatments that we have done have involved things that are considered destructive or functionally impairing. So inherently, a spine fusion isn't a normal condition for the spine. Now, oftentimes, a spine, a spine fusion is the best of the alternatives, 
But I think starting off that I think some of the different uh, growth technologies, whether they are growth rods or other things, are pretty exciting to be able to go and to allow a sort of a more natural growth pattern without allowing progression of the deformity. I think the whole concept of tethering is really, again, an exciting technology where we can do something to allow it, the, you know, the body's ability through growth and maturation to correct uh, a scoliosis. I think that, uh, that in, in the adult uh, form, there are several uh, technologies that are coming into play as far as uh, restoring function. Uh, and these include things like stem, stem cell injection, you know, multifidus muscle stimulation, other things. And I think this is something where the IMAST meeting really has been, uh, has been important uh, to allow some of these new technologies to be brought to light. And finally, I think that there's ways for us to inherently do procedures that we're doing now better. And I think that this includes things like robotics, single position surgery, uh, and for some of the things, including things like, uh, you know, outpatients, uh, you know, same day, you know, fusion procedures where we can get people where they're not in a compromised position, they, they can be up and moving, improving function within 24 hours of a surgical procedure. So I think this is an exciting time in spine surgery. And I think that so much, you know, which I think there's been a underestimation in the past, but a, a recognition now that so much of, uh, of even degenerative conditions have a deformity component. So I think there's a recognition of how we need to do things to reduce things like adjacent segment degeneration after fusion by doing better overall alignment. So the one thing which I think has been a real advance and a, a real area of pleasure for me is the uh, recognition that I think that, you know, and there's some collaborative work done by Fran Palese that shows that over the last 15 years, we are treating far sicker patients, but having way reduced complications and getting far better outcomes, showing that we are marching forward to doing things in, in a much better way. I do think that things, particularly for the adult population, uh, things like predictive analytics will help us select patients better and maybe exclude those patients that we really can't help that that's important. And I think that, you know, as these technologies uh, move forward, uh, many of them are applicable beyond just what's done in North America, but done throughout the world. And if we can do things in a far more cost-effective and efficacious way, that allows these technologies to be spread far more broadly. That's great. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I always learn something every time you talk to me. So I thank you for your time. I think we're getting close to wrapping up. I would just give my parting shot is you mentioned in that last little bit there about IMAS is coming up. That'll be in Miami this year. And they just opened up the abstract submission. So I encourage all people to get involved in that after the uh, annual meeting in St. Louis wraps up. And so with that, uh, Dr. Schaffer, any other parting comments you'd like to share with us? Well, I thank you, Jeff. And I'll tell you, that doing things like this podcast really has been an enormous benefit to the SRS. And what's happening is that, you know, for many people, 
traveling to a annual meeting or traveling to IMAST is, is, a, is difficult for many of our uh, particularly uh, international colleagues. And I think this move towards using uh, you know, virtual, uh, virtual engagement is something that is really gonna be able to help our, uh, our specialty uh, you know, as scoliosis and deformity surgeons to be able to go and to, uh, and to, uh, and to move forward. And as I said, I wanna congratulate you uh, and you know, all of the different committee members at the SRS who give so much of themselves to allow us to move this mission forward. So I'm looking forward to a fabulous year. I'm looking forward to engaging fabulous young surgeons such as yourself and have them more and more involved in the SRS. And that, uh, you know, that I feel that anybody who is interested in the SRS, uh, scoliosis, spinal anesthesis, spinal deformity, any of those areas who have a particular concern that they reach out to me directly if they feel that I can help them with anything. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jeff. Bye. The Scoliosis Research Society is a nonprofit professional organization made up of physicians and allied health personnel. Their primary focus is on providing continuing medical education for healthcare professionals and on funding and supporting research in spinal deformities. Please visit srs.org for further information. Thank you.